0: The American Association for Justice annual winter convention has not been held in person for two years. It was just a few weeks before the pandemic lockdowns began, the last time it occurred. But the AAJ winter convention is now back. I'm Lee Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media and author of Beyoncé Habla Español, How Lawyers Win the Hispanic Market. And this is In Camera Podcast, where we share what we learned from the 2022 AAJ winter convention. podcast, Private Legal Marketing Conversations. Grace, welcome back. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good, Grace. Back after AAJ, we had the opportunity to meet earlier this week in Palm Springs. And this conversation, we're going to go over our impressions of this um, winter AAJ convention, which is the first one that has taken place since COVID started back in 2020. I actually, if I remember correctly, AAJ was the last bigger conversation that took place right before COVID um, started. That was in New Orleans back in uh, February of 2020. So this was the first winter convention since. There was great um, annual convention during the summer in Las Vegas, something that was a hybrid kind of model. And I was not in attendance there. I know some of your team went there, but I think it's fair to say that this is the full-blown conference back in its um, usual format since then. Uh, and I think you know uh, it was it was an interesting experience. What what are your thoughts? What are your impressions? You know now that you're looking
1: hindsight, right? <laughs> yeah, hindsight. So I I I liked it for. You know certain purposes and others um not so much right I mean we're vendors um as well yeah. as a law firm so um taking it from the vendor side it's never really that great right <laughs> I mean it's aaj and you know we we support Aaj and the 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 committee you know the pack and everything like that so for us it's more about that and honestly supporting them throughout the years um, but the um, you know the firm side of things that they always have fantastic tracks you always have the ability to talk you know about um, whatever's going on right now and that's what I like always about AAJ.
0: yeah I think you're right on AAJ is a terrific organization It's great to support them. It's great to stand with them in what they do and what they advocate for. And as we've mentioned a week ago when we were recording our last episode, the topics, the tracks, the conferences, the presentations that they cover during this conference are um, quite extensive. And I think, Grace, you know, leaving the vendor experience aside, which, you know, I I believe I agree with you that it wasn't necessarily outstanding or remarkable. And and here's the thing, right? This is not to be blamed on the organizers from the standpoint that um, they could have done that better. I think there's a lot of factors that come to play when an exhibit or a whole has traction and when it doesn't. Um, sure, sure that organizers can certainly uh, think about what events, what happenings can take place inside an exhibitor hall in order to kind of like better integrate that component of the conference into uh, the, the main events. But I also think that, you know, the location, Palm Springs, the fantastic weather, it enabled for people to just kind of have a wider view of things that they could do, right? Rather than think, okay, I'm going to be in the conferences and then going to the exhibitor halls and spending time indoors. I think a lot of people was were trying to make the most out of their uh, off time by going and playing golf, going for a hike, um, you know, enjoying the outdoors, being in the swimming pool, and that's fair enough. Um, I think after the year that or the two years that we're coming out from, I can totally understand someone wanting to take a break from the traditional model of a conference. And so I'm perfectly fine with it. But Grace, as you said, this event was unique because there were some really interesting tracks, some that are of great interest to us here, because we talk a lot about masters and there was a lot of consumer protection conferences uh, taking place during the, the convention. So Grace, why don't we go over some of the notes that you were able to gather from, the, from these different tracks?
1: Definitely. So, you know, for us, a big focus is always on the uh, on the mass torts tracks that Mm -hmm. they have because I mean they have all kinds of tracks there, right? The deposition tracks, the you know trial tracks, and so on and so on. But um, you know, for me, it was always the focus of attending the specific uh, case types that we like to look at, and uh, one of them, and the first one that I want to talk about is um, Elmeron. For those of you that don't know about Elmeron, it is a bladder medication that is um, primarily actually women tend to be using it, and it's supposed to be uh, helping them with their uh, bladder problems and, you know, basically so that they don't use the restroom constantly. Um, It is apparently causing um, severe macular degeneration, which is basically issues with the eyes, Um, and it's kind of an interesting case type because uh, when you're past 40, obviously a lot of times your vision may i mean you just have age related vision issues it's just the way it is right all of us get a little older and our eyes get a little weaker um so elmoron though it's been so far so far they they're saying that the science is showing that this macular degeneration is significant enough for them to start going after it so um what happened and what they basically spoke about at the conference was that the new jersey mdl was approved Um, and so that just means it's being consolidated in New Jersey, the cases, um, and then there's going to be a science day, which this to me, I mean, I'm a big nerd, so I love this part of it. (laughs) Um, March 25th is their science day. So that's kind of when they go over all of the different things that are, um, if this happened, can we try to create a causal link, right? So now they're looking at the actual science of Elmiron and how it could be linked to macular degeneration. Um, Super interesting to me because of that. And then they actually established a statute of limitation. Um, The two-year SOL um, is June. Um, So statute of limitations, for those of you that may or may not know, it just has to do with Um, how quickly you have to get these things filed, Um, you know, based on some rules, there's, again, I'm not a lawyer, guys. So if you want anything (laughs) specific, you need to speak to a lawyer. But um, based on my knowledge of the way cases work, um, the statute of limitations is two years. And that means you have two years to basically get this done and filed. um, Because now they should know about it, right? And that's kind of the uh, idea of discovery and all that. Now that people know about it, you have a certain finite amount of time to file a case uh, to claim that you had a problem with Elmeron.
0: All right, Grace, so Elmeron things moving forward. And I believe that's a master that you've been involved with. Yes. So I guess that's great news, right? Now, what
1: other updates do we got? So the next one that um, I attended was Zantac. And there's a lot of you that I'm sure have oh yeah then got involved in Zantac, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that take Zantac. So um, the multi-district litigation or the MDL is moving along. Um, they've reduced the cancers list. Um, for those of you that don't, don't know, there was like 10 to 12 cancers initially. And then they just keep reducing the amount of cancers and the criteria keeps changing um, each time that they find things out and, or litigations are coming. So that means basically they, they originally had, um, things that were not related necessarily to the stomach. Um, now they've removed, uh, prostate cancer and some of those other cancers that in their mind don't necessarily, uh, match up to Zantac and it's, uh, ailments. Right. So, um, that is a, the major thing that's happened with Zantac. Um, Cancer is being narrowed down from ten to seven to now. I believe there's only like a handful, maybe four or five, that they are, um, that they have. Um, so it's a finite list of cancers for Zantac. And again, for those of you that don't know um, Zantac, they dropped the uh, generics a while back. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's you can only have taken Zantac brand versus the Zantac and or ranitidine. So this, you know, for it to have been carved out and then reduced and constantly reduced like this, you know, you're going to have a lot of drop-off, obviously. Um, But that is honestly how a lot of these things work. Once they find these things out and as they go along, people will drop off because they no longer fit the criteria that's being accepted at the... um, during, you know, the multi-district litigations and as they go along. So, um, they also have some state court, uh, state court venues that are available. And, um, that includes the California JCCP, um, Tennessee, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Texas. So for those of you that are in those states or near those states, um, and you're able to file within those states, those are the state court venues that you currently have available to you um, to file. Uh, again, for those of you that aren't 100 percent comfortable and or know about mass torts, I say just, you know, always reach out to someone like us or a company that understands what that means and how they can help you um, best file the cases to get your compensation for your uh, clients, um, because Depending on how you file, where you file, if it's MDL or state court venue, it's going to affect the case potentially. Um, And if you're part of the MDL, um, you could benefit from it. And then there's other benefits to filing at the state court level. So, um, again, I'm not an attorney, but there are things that you need to be very aware of. And that's kind of why Liel and I are talking about these different case types and what's happening with them.
0: Um, just to complement what you're saying there, according to social media, right now the average cost per case on social media, particularly uh, for a Zantac case, is around 1,500, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. So I guess you know, due to the popularity of its demand and uh, of its use and how widely known it is, um, it's an actual case type that can be acquired for a very reasonable cost. So if you were to compare that to a Myron, it's uh, way more expensive because obviously it's a lesser known uh, drug and the cost per case here is at $6,000 for one
1: yes, signed and, case. And so that's correct. They're,
0: yeah, they're, they're harder to generate um, and potentially also harder to qualify. So, Grace, what other updates did we hear um, in, in different tracks, in different panels?
1: So the uh, next one that, you know, I kind of was super interested in because we're heavy into it is CPAP, right? So mm-hmm. that's the sleep apnea device for those of you, again, that don't know what that is. Um, and it does seem it was interesting because it does seem like a couple of people uh, weren't aware of CPAP and that this was a, a new mass tort. So uh, the Philips devices were recalled, and it was just about every single one of them. And what's happening is that the foam is degrading uh, over time, and the foam is basically a noise dampener inside of the Philips device. And so as it degrades, it's releasing these particles um, into the air, where it's your breathing, right? Because it's a device that goes over your mouth, um, nose, mouth, and um, helps you sleep and helps you breathe while you sleep. It's for sleep apnea. So, what when that degrades and the particles are released, it goes into your lungs, into the you know, and all parts of your body because it's helping you breathe. So, um, they discussed some of the additional injuries, and that was very interesting to me because I thought that you know, when you have asthma or Certain lung related diseases already, a lot of times it makes it difficult to link it to, you know, a particulate that's now being released by the device rather than the fact that you already had asthma and you're using this device because you have asthma. So when they came out and they added a couple of more injuries um, to the what they call off gassing and particulates, they includes inflammation of the lungs. Mm hmm. Pulmonary fibrosis, sarco- sarcodiosis, or sarcodosis, <laughs> blood cancers, which that's pretty bad. Obviously, I mean any of these are horrible, but I mean a blood cancer is it's yeah sucks. I mean because this is having these particulates and and that gas that it gets released because of the foam, it's really terrible.
0: Ooh, yeah,
1: and then there's myelodysplastic syndromes and other blood disorders. And um, then they just kind of go down the list of nasal, facial, head, neck, thyroid, sinus, tonsils, liver, kidney, right. lung. Right. Um. I thought it was mostly lung, uh. But I guess with the particulates and um, it actually floating around your body, it makes sense that the kidneys and the livers and your liver could potentially be affected. Right. And then they added asthma. Um. I have a caveat to the asthma. Um, I believe it's it should be chronic asthma. Um, that would be a little easier for your cl- your potential client to um, have it proven and create a link between the issue and the device and their injury, right? And that that is if you had chronic asthma or you didn't have asthma or very light asthma at all before you started using the device and now you have chronic asthma, that's what you kind of want to be looking for. No, and then there's just one more that I wanted to add, and that was pneumonia.
0: So, Grace, from what I'm hearing here, then basically, you know, now they're kind of like trying to blame each other, and so that means that the, like So Clean is That's blaming Phillips, and Phillips blaming So Clean, and yeah. so yeah,
1: we became aware wh- of that, wh-
0: right? And so, what does it mean in terms of uh, being able to to pursue building the case and such? Does that kind of like put things on hold what what's the implications of all of this
1: so you know how we said that there's going to be a science day for uh, myron well mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that stuff has to come down the pipeline for cpap as well right so they're going to have to create what they call a causal link between the device and the injury and so they want to stick they being the philips cpap device makers um, want to stick something in between, right, um, to reduce any and or get rid of any potential liability. And that is what you're referring to, which is the so clean ozone-based cleaner. Um, they are stating that Philips is the one at a fault, and Philips is stating the reverse, that the ozone cleaner is the one that is, after using it, is actually degrading the foam. So this is definitely become going to become... Um, uh, a slinging fight, right? And throw he who throws poo. So, <laughs> based on allegations that the cleaner degrades the foam rather than the foam itself is being degraded, it's going to be difficult um, because it always is, right? I mean, there's never a, a clear path on these um, torts. Really, uh, you, you're lucky if there is. But uh, so, this is going to add um, a complexity to the situation um, that's already going to be somewhat complex because these devices are being used by people, right? So they, yeah. depending on how they clean it at home, um, if they clean it regularly, religiously, if they bring it in to be cleaned, you know, if the so clean uh, Ozone Cleaner was approved by Philips and they were shown how to use it, there's there's a lot of potential pitfalls in all of that. So those are all things that are going to have to be looked at as this case goes along Yeah. to lay blame, right? Or maybe it's on both. I don't. Yeah,
0: know. I. I guess this one seemed kind of a, like a little bit more uh, cut and dry, since there was a voluntary recall and so forth. And so you know, um, now with the whole uh, drama going on about Soakly now apparently being put to the blame of uh, its effect in creating the system uh, to you know work the way it does, and therefore releasing these dangerous particles. So Grace, just you know. To recap what we're having in terms of CPAP, um, it's a campaign that I, I think for a master it's probably one of the most cost effective ones. Uh the cost per leads are relatively low at three, between thirty and sixty-five dollars, which is very very much the same to what we've mentioned uh, a few a, a few weeks ago when we had our uh latest episode on masters, and the cost per leads are under a thousand dollars and they can come as low as four hundred dollars. So it's relatively not a a, um, a difficult master, I guess, uh, primarily due to its popularity, due to the fact that, you know, we've just mentioned 4 million devices were recalled, half of them were in the United States. So there is quite a significant amount of uh, patients using this uh, here in the United States. And so, well, and and again, you know, like with all masters media coverage, how widely known has this been mentioned and discussed in the media. And and, and this, I guess, primarily being a, a Philips uh, master's, it, it just really got a lot of uh, attention at a national level, which amplifies the reach and the impact and therefore makes it sometimes easier to run this type of master's. So really, really meaningful, Grace. So Grace, do we have any other
1: updates with any other
0: insights that we took from AAJ? So, yeah,
1: actually, I do. Um, You know, these were Mm -hmm. more about the tracks, but um, I did actually attend a couple of the opening reception and a couple of the in-between receptions, including the President's Mm -hmm. Reception, I think it was called. Um, And that one was really interesting. Um, They had a couple of speakers, and essentially they were talking about the different communities and because that's what AAJ is about, right? It's about um, supporting um, the Political Action Committee for Justice, the whole idea is justice and justice reform for all. And so they were mentioning, you know, about LGBTQ rights and, you know, um, and some of the, um, you know, those types of, uh, all of those rights. And so that that to me was uh, interesting that they um, – made it as a reception and, um, it was very well attended actually. Um, we, everybody kind of went for initially, I believe the food as usual, right. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, which was quite good. Uh, but they stayed for the uh, conversation and, um, there were two or three different speakers on stage talking about, um, rights and our need to join together to help continue the fight for justice and the fight for the rights of those who, don't have rights, right? Or are have their rights being taken away taken away. So um I thought that was very powerful and um it was a very good conversation. Um it was a presentation and a speech, but when they came down from um on the stage, they mingled with everybody. And I do feel like it was um it wasn't eye opening because I know about these, you know, being female and and uh, a minority myself and uh you know, I, I, I'm i very aware of the glass ceiling and certain things that happen when it comes to the working world. Right. Um, so it was nice and very refreshing to continue hearing that uh, that, you know, that they are continuing to fight for the justice of those who are underserved and don't have the rights that they should have um, and just kind of put it out there, whether you want to hear it or not. And uh, truthfully, that is the way it should be. You know, I mean, we should all face these things um, regardless of whether we'd like to or not. You know, it being a, a lovely conference and all doesn't matter. You know, like these are things that we should all fight for. And so yeah. for me, that was my kind of takeaway from the AEJ conference was, you know, I I love seeing that. And I'm, I'm glad that, um, you know, they still keep bringing it up, whether it's uh, cool to do so or not. Right. I mean, this is important. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, Grace. I stand with you. I think um, AJ does a lot of great things. They they give um, a space and voice to to a lot of very important causes that are being sometimes pushed to the side or ignored. And 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 for that reason, it's you know it, it's great to be part of that. Grace, just to close up here the conversation before we move into takeaways. I think while it may not have been uh, something that was uh, specifically related to the tracks in. Uh, Aaj, it, it is definitely important since we've talked about this a lot, particularly up until last year. That was the Boy Scout sex abuse uh, lawsuit, right? Which was really popular, uh, mastered up until I believe November grace of 2020 was when they stopped taking in more cases. Am I correct there with the with the timeline? But I remember that there was a very very uh, specific a specific limit at the time to file here these claims. Well, the news here are that last week it appears that a potential settlement of $2.7 billion has been agreed to go to the victims of sexual abuse by the Boy Scouts, Grace. And so it looks like here there's going to be a hearing later this month to potentially move this forward. But I think this is a massive step uh, in bringing this lawsuit to its end and hopefully, you know, giving some relief to the victims of it that they've been waiting for a long time for this moment to come. So, um, yeah, that's uh, something that has, that pretty much developed during and uh, right before AAJ. And so um, it's, you know, it's it's very relevant you guys have been
1: involved on that one right yes we have you know as you know we're involved in almost every single mass tort there is out there right now
0: so grace all right now that we've covered talked a little bit about AAJ the conference AAJ the updates on mass stores, what takeaways do we have here to share
1: with our audience um whatever mass tort you're involved in my first takeaway is you know obviously You probably are, but if you're not, you need to make sure that you attend conferences like this or, um, you know, at least take, uh, the presentations or something, because as you, uh, all of us know, things can change and they don't normally change often, right? Not when it comes to torts, cause they, they, they take a while, but if they do, you need to be very aware of that, you know, because you could lose your, your clients could lose out on quite a bit if they are no longer eligible and they still think they are. So, um, my b- first takeaway is just, you know, be on top of the case type that you're working, um, so that your clients can benefit or, you know, at least be told that they no longer are eligible for something.
0: That's right, Grace.
1: So, um, my second, uh, takeaway would be, um, Kind of what we usually say, right? And that is attend a conference, whether it's virtual or not. You know, um, Mm -hmm. MTMP has great webinars uh, that they do that they're only about two hours long. Um, They're MTMP Connect webinars on updates on mass torts and updates on different things. Um, So attend sessions, you know, um, it's going to be very helpful. Um, If you don't have time to attend sessions, uh, schedule calls weekly with a company that you know, like and trust, like Liel you know, or like myself, uh, where you can have a weekly consult about what's going on. And, you know, and and talk about it. Because if you don't have time to at least attend something uh, conference or something like this, um, you still need to keep abreast of what's changing. And the only way to do that is through either marketing notifications, a conversation with somebody or attend the conference. Really?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Call Grace, <laughs> call Grace. If you need updates about what's what's happening with mass stores, someone who's keeping uh, their here uh, her ear to the ground to know everything is Grace. That would be the right person to talk about that. Grace, I I agree with you, right? Um, you know, things things starting to slowly but surely go back to a new normal, normal name it however you want to and it, it, it's a good reminder that going back to normal doesn't mean that we're going back to how things were before right uh, things have changed we've changed our, our way of seeing and interacting and doing certain things so be mindful about that and adapt right most importantly adapt don't have just expectations that everything's gonna just kind of like pick up where it left back a few years ago. And try new things, whether that's going to be uh, diversifying into masters, whether that's going to be uh, marketing in a channel that you haven't done before, whether that's going to be by revisiting some of your client experience journey and doing things a little bit differently so to find a better way to to meet your client's needs. be curious and just keep challenging yourself to do things uh, slightly differently and and most importantly engage your your team into into being part of all of this right i think that's another very important thing Specifically, when you're going to conferences, when you're participating, getting all of these ideas, creating all of this awareness, how do you bring that back to the rest of the team and, and get them um, excited and aware about all of that, right? So, you know, ideally, they would be part of it. You want them to be as involved as possible in, in the process. I think that's one of the things, great that I see with your team. Um, which is really great. You have a, a very diverse team of people coming from uh, the Lake Law Firm. You have lawyers, you have uh, sales people, you have marketing people, there's you. And so, you know, by the end of the day, when you guys go back to the office, there is a very cohesive energy about what, what you guys took away from the from the conference. And so I think that's great. All right. So we have some good takeaways. We have some uh, great updates on MassTorts which, you know, it's been kind of like back-to-back episodes on it. And we're going to be back, Grace, next week with more episodes with a special guest and it's going to be fun, right?
1: It sure will. It always is fun when we all go out there.
0: (laughs) It will, Grace. All right, take care and have a great rest of your week. You too, Leo. Bye. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, And send us your questions at ask at incamerapodcast.com. We'll see you next week.